This is Christianity in Action, a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Albany, Georgia. For more info, visit 1stpresalbany.org. Hey folks, today we're talking about Jonah, that unlikely prophet who ended up getting tossed off his boat and thrown into the belly of a giant fish slash whale, depending upon your interpretation. It's part of a sermon series that Reverend Joshua Bauer at First Pres Albany has been doing for the last several weeks. And uh, we're looking at Jonah and trying to see him through a bit of a different light. Um, Jonah was an unlikely prophet, but one that God used nonetheless to um, tell a very important story. Today, specifically, we're looking at sacrificial love and what that means for us as Christians and what that means for uh, Jonah um, as as he meets his fate uh, aboard that ship. Specifically through the lens, though, of, of how we can carry that same sacrificial love spirit, not necessarily to the same degree, although, you know, Jesus does say that uh, greater love has none than he who lays down his life for another. But what are some of the things we can do daily to show the kinds of sacrificial love? You know, what, how are we giving up ourselves to give for others? And whether that be a family member or a friend or even a stranger, you know, what, what are, how are we putting ourselves second so that others may be first? And so Josh takes a look at that, um, pulling from some references from Steven Spielberg's wartime classic, Saving Private Ryan, uh, and some other references, uh, some other heroes that, that have given up themselves. So think, as you're listening, think, think to yourself, what in your life has been an example of someone sacrificing something for you? And how have you and how will you pay that back in kind by sacrificing something of your own for someone you love? So without further ado, here's Joshua Bauer talking about what it takes to love. Jonah chapter 1, verses 11 through 17. Listen to God's word. The sailors said to him, What must we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? For the sea is getting rougher and rougher. He said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will calm down for you. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have the power to always do what you want. So they picked Jonah up and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Have you seen the movie Saving Private Ryan? Absolutely powerful movie. Steven Spielberg's 1998 epic World War II movie. Well, if you've seen it, you know that movie opens with an older man walking ahead of his family in Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, you know, bad knees, bad hip, just kind of mechanically walking ahead. And he suddenly turns to his right, puts his hand on a tree to steady himself, and looks out over all the, the grave sites, the burial markers, and you see that his eyes are, are heavy with tears. And he slowly walks until he's standing in front of one grave marker. And he falls to his knees and just starts to weep. And then it cuts to the Normandy invasion, uh, D-Day, and we go from that invasion over the French countryside as this group of American soldiers risks their lives to try to find Private James Ryan and get him out of the European theater so he can go home and be with his mother who's lost all of her other children. Near the end of the movie, these soldiers find themselves uh, pinned down with an invading German force. They're trying to protect this town, trying to save a bridge. And at the very end of the battle, the American leader, Captain John Miller, played by Tom Hanks, he's riddled with bullets, struggling to breathe, struggling to talk, and he pulls Private Ryan close to him and whispers in his ear, earn this, earn it, and then takes his last breath. And only then do they cut back to the older man in the cemetery. We realize that he's standing in front of the grave of Captain John Miller, the man who gave his life so that Private Ryan could have the rest of his. What a moment. Gosh, what a moment. I know that if you saw that scene, you were moved by it. It's impossible not to be. You were drawn in. Your heart was touched by it. Even just watching the clip of it on YouTube this last week, I just broke down and wept myself. It's that kind of moment, that moment of self-sacrifice. But, but I bet that even if you haven't seen that particular movie, that if I asked you to, to name a movie that you've seen where some character sacrificed their own life for somebody else, I bet you could say it. I bet you could immediately name some character, some moment that moved you, that touched you in a movie. I asked that question last week on Facebook. I said, which act of self-sacrifice in a movie did you find most moving or memorable? People named over 40 acts of self-sacrifice from different movies. Uh, some were maybe not as moving as others, depending on your perspective. Like, you know, in The Terminator, T-800 sacrificing himself might not have moved you uh, as much as some others, but people named these, these sacrifices. I bet you know some of them. Harry Stamper, Bruce Willis's character in Armageddon, giving his life so that his, his daughter's boyfriend could return to her. Um, in the Harry Potter series, people named all kinds of those. Lily Potter and Severus Snape and Harry himself all gave their lives, offered their own lives in exchange for those that they love. Everything from Darth Vader to, to Spock in Wrath of Khan, Groot surrounding the people he loved with, with his branches, giving his own life 
Tony Stark. I am Iron Man in Avengers Endgame. Sorry, spoiler alert. Anna, Princess Anna in the movie Frozen, giving her life, offering it to save her sister. Major Duncan in Last of the Mohicans. Even how many of you absolutely broke down at whatever age you saw Old Yeller for the first time? Oh my gosh. We remember acts of self-sacrifice. They move us. They touch our hearts. They grip us in a way that almost nothing else can. And this isn't a coincidence. It, it, it means something. It points to something. It points to something that can change us, to something that can change the world. And it's here in this morning's scripture reading. Here's Jonah. Jonah's on the run. Jonah, the stubborn, self-centered prophet who rejected God's call. And by this point, everybody in the story, whether you're reading it or you're in the boat with them, everybody knows that it's Jonah's fault. He's why they're in the mess. So the sailors cry out, what must we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Now remember, like I said, just three verses earlier, Jonah was telling these guys that his first allegiance was to the Hebrew people. That the core of his identity was his love for his own people. He didn't even want to be with Gentiles. So what Jonah says next is nothing short of miraculous. It's a line in the Bible that if you stop and visualize the moment, with the sea raging and everybody on the brink, right on the line between life and death. If you fully absorb what's going on here, it should grab hold of you like any part of any great movie. Jonah says to these Gentiles, pick me up and throw me in the sea. It's my fault. Throw my life away and you'll be saved. Jonah asks to be thrown in the sea. He asks for certain death. But why? What changed? What, what changed in this guy? This nationalistic, selfish guy, what changed to make him willing now to say to these Gentiles, take my life so that you can have yours? Well, the answer may be right there in his answer. He says, throw me into the sea, then the sea will calm down for you. It's my fault this storm has come upon you. Do you hear it for the first time in this story? Jonah's main concern isn't his own self. For the first time in the story, his main concern isn't his own well-being or, or getting what he wants. For the first time, Jonah is looking at and seeing somebody other than him. His concern for the first time is for somebody other than himself. He's putting somebody else's needs ahead of his own. He looks at these sailors and he's moved by their plight. And you can tell that his words, you can tell his willingness to sacrifice, throw me into the sea, that it deeply impacts the sailors because these guys who, again, just a few hours before didn't even know who he was, are willing now to risk their lives. They, they grab the oars and try to row their way out of it, and only when they can't, and the sea gets wilder and wilder, do they finally give in and throw him overboard. 
Why do these acts of self-sacrifice move us like they do? Why do they touch our hearts and grip us in a way that almost nothing else can? Why did Jonah's act of self-sacrifice move the sailors so powerfully? That remember, the beginning, they were crying out to their own gods, little g. And at the end of this chapter, they're offering sacrifices and calling out the personal name of Yahweh, the God of Israel. That's powerful. It means something. It points to something. Acts of self-sacrifice point to true, powerful, life-changing love. Acts of self-sacrifice show us what love really looks like. And they move us so deeply because all of us, everybody here, at one time or another, you've experienced this in your life. Let me think for just a second of somebody who is in your life now or who's been in your life who truly loved you well. Think of somebody who has truly loved you well in your life, somebody who made a difference, whose life changed your life for the better. Who, if you were asked, who truly has loved you or loves you now, who would you name? And whoever you're thinking of, answer this question. Did they care more for their own needs or for your needs? Did they ever sacrifice something in their own life so that you could have more in your life? Did they ever pay for something or did they ever bear some burden that wasn't theirs to bear so that your life could be better, so you wouldn't have to bear the burden, so you wouldn't have to pay that debt? And you quickly see, when you reflect on this, the truth about real, true, powerful, life-changing love is this. All life-changing love involves some sort of self-sacrifice. Any love that really is going to change anything involves some sort of self-sacrifice. And we live it out now. Whenever you keep a promise to somebody that it would be really easy to break and there'd be no consequences. Nobody would even know, but you keep the promise because you made it. That's self-sacrifice. Whenever you, you pay a debt for somebody, whenever you do something for somebody else that's not necessary, maybe they don't even know about it and you get no credit, but you've given them some of your life and lost a little bit of yours. There's self-sacrifice there. Heck, these masks that you're looking at me and you're jealous because I'm not wearing it right now. These god-awful, terrible masks uh, that I've watched today, uh, even wearing a mask when you know the science says this is not, unless you're wearing a special kind of mask, it's not protecting you so much as it's protecting the people outside of you from you. And so to wear one of those now, with all the, the disturbance and the moisture and the everything, that is an act of sacrificial love in our time and place. My daughter said this morning, just so you know, Dad, I'm going to go, and when I need to take a breath, I'm just going to pull the mask down and breathe. I said, no, 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 no. 
That's not how this works. It's not how sacrificial love works. Um, it's not, but these, these mundane, just everyday ways of sacrificial love, all the way to the very dramatic, somebody literally giving their life and dying for somebody else, all of these point to the truth that all life-changing love is self-sacrificial. Jonah's story proves it. The people in your life who've loved you well prove it. All life-changing love is self-sacrifice. So we shouldn't be surprised that when God came to the earth to dwell with us, that this is how God loved us. As a matter of fact, the deepest truth about self-sacrificial love, the reason that self-sacrificial love moves us, that self-sacrificial love touches our hearts, that self-sacrificial love grips us so powerfully is because it's the way that God loves us. Remember, we were made in the image of God, right? We talked about this last week. We were made not to be alone. We were made to reflect something else. God created us out of love, right? God had everything God needed. God didn't need people. God didn't need animals, but it was love that moved that. And we were created to reflect that self-giving love out into the world. That's our mission. Because that's the way God loved. God loves by sacrificing himself. God loved us by dying to give us life. Right? For God so loved the world. Jesus said no one has greater love than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. So every time we see self-sacrifice, we're catching a glimpse just sometimes that big of true love. Of what love really is. So the reason the sailors responded so powerfully to Jonah's love was because Jonah was reflecting God's love. The reason we cry when we see someone sacrifice themselves in movies, even if it's a dog, even if it's a robot, is because they're reflecting in that moment God's love. The reason the sacrificial love of other people in your lives made a difference and changed you is because when they loved you like that, they were loving you like God loves you. The reason whenever we see self-sacrifice, whether it's in a movie or in our lives or in our church, every time we see it, it moves us. Because even if we don't realize it, it's reminding us of the sacrifice that Christ made for us. It's pointing us back to Christ's death for us and for the world. That's why it moves us so much, even if it's the Terminator. It's pointing in some way. In that moment, it's Jesus' voice calling to our spirits. This is how I love you. This is how I love you. And every time we love that way, we give ourselves a little bit for somebody else, we're doing the same thing. We're reflecting Christ's love back into the world so that people can hear in their spirits, this is how Jesus loves you. This is what Jesus did for you. So this week, this week in the next seven days, what is one way, just one way, that you'll reflect Christ's love? What's, what's one way that You'll give part of your life away this week for the sake of somebody else, whether they know it or not, so that somebody in your life 
can get just a glimpse of Christ's true love for them so that maybe they might be changed by his love and so that in the end, this world might be changed by Christ's love. Amen. Well, there you have it, folks. That's another amazing sermon from Joshua Bauer at First Pres Albany, speaking on what it really takes to love and what that sacrificial love looks like. I'm sure we've all seen examples of that kind of love in our lives, and how can we be a mirror for those love for that love and carry it out into a world that desperately needs it. So thanks for listening today, and uh, we appreciate you giving us your time. Have a great day, and uh, be a Christian in action. This is Christianity in Action, a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Albany, Georgia. For more info, visit 1stpresalbany.org.